morning and welcome to The Catholic Journey. How's everybody doing today? I hope you guys are doing great. It's uh, Saturday and boy, gosh, the weather across this country. Can you believe it? Um, if you've been following the news at all, gosh, what the Texas, can you believe what happened in Texas? I was talking to somebody or, um, a couple days ago and uh, in Texas and he was saying how basically the, the whole state was shut down. And uh, because of how bad the weather was and the ice and that they weren't prepared for it and that their power grid even went down and, and just what a disaster. Oh, my goodness. So as I'm saying that, I'm looking out the studio window and it's Saturday morning at 10.08 in the morning and I see a blue sky, not a cloud in the sky and uh, just a beautiful, beautiful, glorious day here in California. You know, there's a, there's, there's a lot of problems with California. I think anyone uh, could start off a list and uh, from just the outrageous housing prices to the taxes to the culture um, is, you know, so self-centered and just the list goes on and on and on, but it does have good weather. <laughs> Um, so I'm rubbing it in for you guys that uh, are living in uh, Texas, and and I spoke to another gentleman. What was it yesterday? Yeah, yesterday in uh, Tennessee, and uh, same thing. They were having horrendous weather, and uh, my wife's in the air right now. She's flying out to uh, North Carolina, and actually, let's see, she left at seven this morning. So seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven. About another hour or so, she'll be landing in Georgia. And then from Georgia, she'll hop over to North Carolina, and she's going to spend some time with our son, Sean, out there. And uh, so I'm praying that the flight goes well. And I think Georgia, I don't think that they were affected so much by these big storms, because um, I didn't see any delays for her flight there. So I think she should be doing pretty well. Well, anyway, gosh, I don't know if I said welcome to the Catholic journey. <laughs> Thanks for being a part of this uh kind of this ministry. It's the ministry of opening up uh, a lens into what it means to be living a Catholic life and, 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 and traveling that Catholic journey. Catholics, uh, especially Catholics that are trying to, you know, fervently live their faith, look at life, I think, you know, through a certain lens of faith. We see things in a certain way, or at least things that happen around us resonate in a certain way because of our beliefs, because of the way we're trying to live our life. And and I think a lot of it has to do with, it's grounded in our faith, is that uh, this world is not the end all. You know, we're here, uh, as the old Baltimore Catechism says, and I'll paraphrase basically, but to know God and to love God, to serve him in this world, so we'll be with him forever in the eternal world. So we're here to basically to know God and his people and to serve them and grow in virtue, grow in holiness. Uh, as we're growing in developing our character is that we're growing closer and closer to Christ and, and to God and to our relationship with the Trinity, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and that it's uh, preparing us for an eternal life in, in heaven. As Christians, you know, that door opens up. We become a child of God with our baptism. And then the journey really uh, begins, that Christian journey, where there'll be triumphs and failures. And regrettably, at time, we'll maybe turn our gaze away from Christ. Um, but hopefully, uh, through God's grace and 
through a contrite heart that we turn back towards him, pay for our mistakes, we try to redeem ourselves uh, the best we can, and try to mimic the life that Christ has taught us to live. And he was, what, what a, such an example he was when he came to share in our humanity. You know, when, at part of the Mass, there's, there's one part where you mix the, uh, the water and the wine together in, in the chalice. And the prayer that uh, goes along with that, it really talks about when you mix the, the water in with the wine, you can't tell any difference anymore between what is water and what is wine. It becomes one. And the prayer basically says, by the mingling of this water and wine may become to share in the divinity of Christ as he came to share in our humanity. And if you think about that a little bit, is that's, that's really what our life has a lot to do with. We're trying to infuse into our lives, into our being, into our thoughts, into our actions, holiness. And as that holiness is infused to, into our lives and our being, it becomes one with us, and you can't separate the two, and that we will eventually grow into being a a holy individual and when we or gain entrance into heaven i should say and reunited with our lord and our savior there um, that's where perfection exists at that point so what a what a great thought what's ahead of us and what lies ahead of us well one of the things i was thinking about today was to share the gospel with you it's the daily gospel it's uh, for the Saturday, for Saturday, and it comes from Luke. It's uh, chapter 5, 27 through 32, and it goes like this. Jesus saw a tax collector named Levi sitting at the customs post. He said to him, follow me. And leaving everything behind, he got up and followed him. Then Levi gave a great banquet for him in his house, and a large crowd of tax collectors and others were at the table with him. The Pharisees and their scribes complained to his disciples, saying, Why do you eat and drink with tax collectors and sinners? Jesus said to them in reply, Those who are healthy do not need a physician, but the sick do. I have not come to call the righteous to repentance, but sinners. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. What a great uh, message for us to maybe ponder today, to think about today. And and um, one of the things I love about uh, the gospel uh, messages or the gospels themselves is that they are so alive and you can read them at one point in your life and maybe you years go by and you're in a different season of your life and you can read the same gospel again and it can have such a variety of meanings depending on maybe how the Holy Spirit is working with you and God's grace and what you're enduring, what you've endured, what you're uh, worried about, uh, how your encounters are with other people. It gives us so, so much to, I guess, hold the gospel up against and uh, and see what it means. But there's a couple of things that jumped out to me from this gospel today. And one of them was how Jesus basically called out to the tax collector Levi and he said to him, follow me. So I think often, how, how does Jesus actually ask us to do things for him or to follow him? And I guess we could think about that in a lot of different ways. But one, one way is when friends and family members ask for our assistance, or sometimes if they don't even come out and, and use the words of asking, if there's not a specific request, 
But if when there's a need and we re realize that there's a need, how do we respond to that? You know, do we ignore it? Do we minimize it? Uh, do we say we'll pray for them? And maybe sometimes that's all we can do is pray. But Or do we jump up and act? My wife is really good at that, especially with our kids, sensing when there's a need. Our kids really don't ask us directly for things. I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. I think it's, I think it's actually good um, because we've raised them to be uh, somewhat independent. But uh, she can sense uh, pretty easily when, when that something needs to occur. And she'll be the first then to jump up and, and respond and, and act. And, and, and a good example of that is uh, what she's doing right now. Uh, my son had a need and um, he didn't really ask. But Liz actually gets great satisfaction in serving her kids as well. So when there was a need, uh, she wasted no time, made plans to, be, to go help. And it's not a crisis. It's, it's not something um, that's a negative thing. It's actually a positive thing that's going on in his life. Um, but he needed really some help with it. And um, so, bam, she packed her bags and, and she's there helping out. I think that's something for us to think about in our lives is when we have these opportunities to serve other people, do we embrace that and do we do it in a positive, joyful way or do we see it as a burden in our life? Um, how do we look at opportunities to serve others? Often it's not serving a need within ourselves. Um, sometimes it is, but but often it's not. So when that occurs, how do we embrace that? Do we embrace it joyfully? You know, it's one of the things that I think should be, if it's not, characteristic of, of, of Christian and Christianity is that we're joyful, is that we have an understanding that all things in life happen for a reason. Most things are, you know, providential and that it, we have the choice on how we desire to embrace things. Even our crosses in our life and, and what are those crosses? You know, those difficult situations that are placed in our life beyond, usually beyond our control, um, but it's something we need or should deal with. How do we embrace that? How do we attack that? How do we deal with that? Do we do it in such a way that there's we consider ourselves a martyr or other people would uh, see us as being like a martyr? Uh, and I mean that in a negative sense, not the positive. Or do we, do we do it joyfully? So just something to think about. So back to the scripture again. So let me jump back in there as I'm clicking my computer monitor in front of me. And I can see that... Uh, one of the things that uh, the Pharisees and the scribes complained to the disciples saying, why do you eat and drink with tax collectors and sinners? You know, I think it's really easy for many of us to surround ourselves with people that are, um, are like-minded. And I think one of the reasons for that is, is it's comfortable for us to do so. And it's, and it's supportive to, to have people around that think similar to ourselves. And it's very difficult to, to, to not do that. I've been in some situations in my life where you, we removed ourselves. One example is when we were full-time missionaries, removed ourselves from everything that was familiar and people that were known to us. And you go into an environment that's unfamiliar and you don't have any friends. And it's a different culture. It's not a culture that you're comfortable with. It can be very taxing on, on an individual not to have that reinforcement of support and familiarity. And I, so I think that 
in life, we, we need to have that familiarity. But we also need to make sure that that's not 100% of our life, is that we have avenues of our life where we can actually express Christianity and our Catholic beliefs and have an opportunity to evangelize others. And I think in this world, we especially now, we're a lot more mobile. Technology gives us access to areas much more freely. I mean, you're listening to this podcast and we're not in the same room. We're not in the same, many of us not in the same city. We're not in the same state even. And we have the opportunity to uh, affect others in some way. So I think something to think about with that is how are we evangelizing to others in the world? Some people are, are scared off by that thought because they think, you know, I'm not an apologist. I can't really defend my faith when I'm put on the spot. Well, we probably should learn our faith a little bit better so we can do that. But, but some of us, you know, that's not something that's really comfortable or natural. But there's other ways of just living a positive, joyful life where you can be example to others, uh, especially when you're out in, in the world and you're in restaurants and you visibly, you know, pray before your meals. And just in the conversations that you have at work or with acquaintances, and do you bring up God? And, and is it part of your, your speech and your being and your life? Just something to think about, you know, as you go through the day. And then at the very end of the gospel, it says, you know, I have not come to call the righteous to repentance, but sinners. I think if we're honest with ourselves, even if we do feel like we might be the righteous at some times, if you're really doing your examination of conscience at night, you realize just how much of a failure so many of us are. Good thing that God is so forgiving and kind and loving and uh, and can forgive us for our failings. But um, we all need to re repent. And I think Lent is a good time for us to uh, try to remove some of those things in our life that have a tendency to pull us away from God and godly thought and to maybe replace those with uh, some new habits, even if they're temporary habits, of maybe reading a little bit more scripture or reading some scripture, if you don't read any at all, doing that on a daily basis, maybe starting a good spiritual book. Um, if you're not a really avid reader, maybe read one book for Lent and make it have something that will help inspire and nourish your faith. And the other would be, for sure, is to... Uh, frequent the sacrament of reconciliation at least once and that's uh you know that's a it's a mandate as a catholic is that you go to confession uh, minimal once a year and it and the holiest of all times is is really easter in the easter season and lent so you know it just makes sense as a catholic custom to go to confession once at least during lent before easter you know, Easter is the celebration of the highest mass of the year, um, especially the uh, Easter vigil. So um, something to think about is is utilizing that, that sacrament. And if you don't do it regularly, to at least make a commitment that you will uh, go during uh, Lent. And maybe start thinking about making a commitment also of going on a monthly basis. That's a great practice for Catholics to to go on a monthly basis. And then to to start preparing so you're 
able to do so. The other thing would be a good thing for Lent is to start the practice of the daily examine. Once a day, you reflect upon your day. And it's as simple as starting with a prayer. It could be something like this, in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. God, help me to uh, open my thoughts and my mind to the occurrences of the day and help me see the things that you blessed me with and also help me see clearly how I have failed and have uh, turned my thoughts away from you and acted in a way that's unpleasing to you. And then think about the day. You can think about maybe the blessings of the day, what good things happened during the day, and you can be thankful for God for those. And then think about other occurrences of the day and where you could have acted maybe in a more Christ-like manner, in a more charitable manner, how um, you could have uh, maybe represented the Christian faith in, in a better way. Also look at different uh, opportunities that came to you that day. And uh, did you act in such a way that you're happy about and that you think God would be happy about? And if not, then we call it develop an action plan. Action plan would be thinking about how you should have acted or could have acted that would be more uh, virtuous. And then, uh, and then as you do that, as you make that plan of what you could have done or should have done, um, when that occurrence comes or something similar to it in the future, you've already thought through how you could or should have acted. Um, it's very helpful to kind of change our behaviors and look for opportunities to, to meet us where we really evangelize the world. <laughs> That's what, uh, you know, we're, we're called to do. So I've gone on and on for a little while. I want to uh, thank you for taking the time to listen. I hope you have some fun today out there in the world. I hope you have nice skies. As I'm looking out, we have some clouds that came in, the white puffy clouds, but still a beautiful day in Northern California. Well, anyway, God bless you and have a wonderful day until we speak again. See you from the Catholic Church.